This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 652 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Surefoot Equine Stability Program, and TotalSaddleFit.com. On tonight's show, we're joined by Auditor Carol, who will assist us in the review of The Gates to Brilliance by Robert Dover. After that, Jody Kelly would join us for a talk about patience in training horses. Wendy Murdoch has a great segment, as always, and the trainer tip will be about nutrition with Tony. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, Reese? We're in yeah. like opposite ends of the of the globe, or or however, you know. I really feel like when I'm looking out on my at the two feet of snow that we've got here uh, and seeing pictures of you in the sun and sand, I think that's uh, <laughs> a bit of a problem for me, but uh I know, I know. I, there's actually, we're going to talk about that on today's show because there has been some some stuff on Facebook of people like, oh, I'm so jealous of everyone in Florida and the weather's so good. And we're going to talk, we're having a really good talk with Jody Kelly. Um, she's back on the show and I think she's got some really good insight on on that. And 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 we don't mean to do that at all. I think that is that is something that that it is good to talk about because do remember, we put only good things. <laughs> it only is, the it is actually thing. only the best things on Facebook when you're down here. And, and all of us, it's, it, it is actually quite difficult when you're off training somewhere. Right. And down here, it, it's a lot of pressure. And, uh, it, and that comes from every angle, right. Um, from clients that are, have horses or, or flying in and expectations and managing that. And there's a lot that goes on sort of behind the scenes down here too. That's quite difficult and we make it look great. And there are some really, really good moments, but there's some hard moments too, when you, you're, when you're off training. And, and I think, uh, Jody's going to talk about that. She's going to talk about, you know, when you have some issues training, um, and, and, and need to step back. So I think today's show, we're going to talk about that because it, it is an important thing to talk about. Phil, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, cause we talk about it and it's not always stuff that will get posted. It will never get posted on Facebook actually. Um, but we do, we do enjoy. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot I mean, of, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind being up here and, you know, taking it slow and just like, Oh, well, there's just, you know, it's too cold today. Let's, let's not ride. You know, it, there, there's something to, yeah. to, you know, I, I get more reading done that, you know, I, I, I do, do different things other than horses that kind of keep my interest and, I, it, it's nice to have, you know, a slower time and, and to be able to do that and to actually appreciate we had a real, real big snowstorm and the, and the morning after a big snowstorm and the, and then the sun comes out, it's absolutely beautiful and yes. mag- magical. I and so I, 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 you know, I complain a lot and, 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 you know, Northern people do complain a lot, but there are some, <laughs> nice, some nice things about yeah. it. And so I don't, I don't, you know, I wouldn't want to be showing 12 months of the year or, or whatever it right. is. And, uh, and the horses wouldn't appreciate that. And, 
And, uh, you know, so we all just put on an extra, extra layer and go about our business and go about our work and, (laughs) and that's fine. Well, and and we'll talk about it too. You know, I, I really give my horses a break in July. So I have had to learn that as I've sort of flopped my schedule. So when, when, which works really well for our show, because in the, in the winter, Phil takes a lot of the brunt of the show here on the podcast, because he, I'm, I'm so busy down here right now. And, and in the summer when he's busy, I take the brunt a little more. And, and, and I think that's because our schedules are flopped a little bit. There'll be times in the summer that you show almost every weekend while, I don't do that as much because I will have shown down here and, and I try really hard so that in the summer, um, I get to spend a little bit more time with my family and, and get to do some other things. So it, it, it really is it. And I have done that more. I don't, I don't go to as many competitions. I will sometimes go coach, but I don't travel very often unless it's to a big show. And and that is why, because I do sort of take it and, and do all my shows here and then really focus on the other things when I get home. So uh, it's just different. And um, everybody, seriously, keep your chins up. It is okay if you miss a couple days again. When it's really hot in the summer, that's when when my horses get a little bit of a break, and 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 I won't be showing as much. So horses do appreciate a little break. It's okay for them. So so keep your chins up. It, it it's okay. I know. I I mean I I look at that weather and I just oh, I feel oh. So, but you know, it is time to reflect and do some other things and and work on some other things and and uh, but you can live stream. There's lots going on down here right now, uh, which is fun to watch and see. Uh, but remember, these horses have had some time off an, at another time, so they're ready to rock and roll by the time they get here. So, yeah. So it's it's interesting how that works. So we're going to talk about that on today's show. We hope you enjoy it. And, uh, you know, again, always feel free to send us an email if there's some things you want to chat about, because usually if you guys are thinking about it, somebody else is as well. Well, we've got a great show. We're going to start with our auditor, Carol, who's talking about our book club of the month. Well, for tonight's book club of the month review, we are so excited to have longtime auditor and friend of the Horse Radio Network, Carol Carter, on from North Carolina. Carol, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. We're thrilled to have you. And, Carol, and we've actually met a couple of times. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. And Yes, and, we went on a uh, cruise together. We were cruising. I was just going to say that. We were <laughs> cruising together. So uh, I think it, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Carol, how long have you been an auditor of the Horse Radio Network? Um, you know, I think it's been since. I can, I'm can. i very bad about years, but it was. Me too. It, I was listening when Gwen and Jen still lived in Kentucky. Oh, wow. That has been a long time. That, uh, that may have even been before Phil and I started nine years, think, nine and a half it is years before ago. Before we started, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, nine and we started nine and a half years ago. So, tell us a little bit about what you like about being an auditor of the network. It's um, it's just the camaraderie. The auditor room is really great and very positive, and you know we've all become friends. Um, there's you know a whole group of us that, like we talked about, have gone on cruises. Unfortunately, this year's got canceled due to COVID. Mm-hmm. But, um, but so we've become friends and, um, we have meetups even when HRN isn't involved. Well, you know, if somebody comes through town, we meet up and it's just really a really great group of people. Yeah. It's really turned out to be an amazing community. And, uh, one of the perks is when we do the book club, that's, that's who we announce it to is the, the auditor 
and you were chosen by Phil. Um, I think it's random drawing, isn't it, Phil? It's a random draw. Uh, yeah, it was a yeah. random draw. <laughs> Yep. And uh, you did uh, a great review of a book, uh, Robert Dover's The Gates to Brilliance. So I'm going to turn it over. What'd you think about the book? I really enjoyed it. It was not what I anticipated. I kind of, I think I thought it would be much more about training and how he goes about that and, and things like that. And there was a little interspersed, uh, but mostly just about his life. Mm-hmm. and all the trials and tribulations. And I learned a lot about his early life, which I didn't know. Um, I met him years and years and years ago when I lived in Seattle, which is like over 20 years ago. Um, I audited a clinic that he gave in the Seattle area. And um, so I know of, of him, but I didn't know his history as far as other than uh, a dressage writer. But I really enjoyed it. It's really a book that anybody that could read. You don't have to be a horse person. It's a very positive book about everybody doing to others as you would like done to yourself, um, spreading love and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we said the same thing to Paul uh, here on the show. Every, Paul, you can say hi. He's probably on mute, but he's our producer. And we said the same thing. He, you know, had enjoyed, uh, Robert is such an amazing speaker and he had a great interview here on the show. And, and that's what we said. We said, Hey, Paul, this, you would really like this book. It's got a little bit of a dressage in it, but it also, it, it is really about his life and the challenges that he went through. I, I again, I, I, I've known Robert a long time. He's been a friend of my family's and, um, I didn't know half the things I had no idea. Um, a lot of the things that he went through becoming, you know, I think that's whenever an athlete becomes an Olympian, they have quite a story to tell. And, and his is, I think it's even more interesting. Um, so what he gave a lot of sort of lessons throughout the book. Were there any ones that kind of stood out to you? Just the lesson of, of life of, you know, being kind to people and everybody's in their own situation, especially in our world today with all the decisiveness and, and all the arguing and petty. It's just like, you can agree to disagree. It's okay. And his book was just about, you know, being kind to people and, um, and everything. And like you said, I had no idea that he grew up on an island. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where he started writing or that he yep. used to event or all, all those younger things at all. So um, that was very, very interesting. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, you get a little bit of perspective because, you know, in, in a in a world of social media, you're you basically get, you know, get glimpses into a person's life, into Robert. He's, he's good about posting stuff and, and and being in that realm. but. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on underneath the surface. There's a lot of experiences that that bring a person, you know, to Olympics or to their fourth Olympics or, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, so especially for people who lived in a pre social media life, you know, there's more than what they what they just can present at a clinic or or can present on their social media. And it's really interesting to, you know, kind of delve into it and and dig deep and and uh, and that, I think that's really what he did with 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 um, bringing us this book is to to tell everybody it's not just about 
you know, winning medals and, and, and all there's, a, you know, there's a lot of experiences that are not horse related, you know, that he's lived through. Exactly. Well, you know, just his whole becoming a young adult in the AIDS era yes. and, um, and all of that. And then, um, all the people, I mean, you know, I've known about him forever and I followed him forever, but I didn't really realize like how many amazing trainers he had had in his early career. Um, yes. you know, all the greats and, you know, being able to go to Europe and live there for a while and, and just, you know, but then some of the experiences over there would turn out quirky, <laughs> you know, and yeah. something weird yeah. would happen. But, and, and that's kind of like everybody's life, you know, you go down the path and sometimes there's curves. It's yeah. not always a straight road. And that book just really illustrates that it took a lot of curves and a lot of stops and starts to get to where he is today. And, and like you said, Philip, it's not all about what's on social media. There's a lot more behind that that made him the person that he is. And, and I agree with you as well. Just he, he had a chapter. He talked about surrounding yourself with really good people. And when he wrote down like who and he mentioned that who he was you know, who had trained him, it was, it was literally like the, the book of greats that he went through oh, exactly. and you were like, wow, look at the people he trained with. And he yeah. surrounded himself by with, it was, it was amazing to, when he, when he did that. And that was one thing I, you know, took, took to heart. I thought, you know, I, I, I am very lucky that I have a, a, an awesome team around me as well, but I, it's always a good reminder and to, to, you know, be careful who you're hanging out with, but really spend time with really, really, really good quality people. That was sort of the lesson I took from, from that. That was one of the big ones from the book. Well, I've kind of had that just in, in general about riding in general and especially more in Seattle because I was at a barn there where I, you know, I had socialization with other people at the barn and, and they would be doing jumping or dressage or whatever. And they wouldn't know who the top people in their field were. And I'm, I just never understand how, if you're trying to strive to a goal, how do you know what that goal is if you don't know what the top of that looks like? So, you know, they wouldn't even know who Robert Dover was or right. Ann Kersinski or, who, or whoever, you know. And it's like, how can you not know that? Because that's what I like to watch, just go, Oh, that's what you're striving for. That's what you're trying to get to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it, that is true. Um, I remember, you know, when, when the magazines would come out and I would run to them cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? It's a little bit now I, in a way easier with social media, it, maybe more accessible is, is, you know, it isn't like you had to wait a month to find out what was going on. Uh, you can right. find it out in 10 seconds, which is good. Or you can bad. watch it happen live stream. Or you can right? watch, yeah. yeah. Watch so, it I mean, you know, there's no excuse now to, you know, before you would have to maybe travel a few hours to, to attend a clinic or to go to a horse show or, or, you know, whatever it was. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty lucky living where I live too is sort of the hub of, of dressage riding in Canada. I mean, you know, a lot of the Olympians live within an hour of me, of me. So, you know, you're blessed that way, but, but otherwise if you're out somewhere else, now you, you can just be wherever you want to be as long as you've got a internet connection and uh, you know mm-hmm. you can you can attend all of these clinics. So there there are very few excuses for you know not not um, being part of a community 
of people right. or, or being involved in, in the sport or at least, you know, attending some of these shows because uh, it, it's pretty easy to, to do. So exactly. But, and yeah. it's just, you learn so much like the, really the first, I mean, I, I knew who Robert Dover was, but the first time I was really exposed to dressage was I went to the 96 Olympics. Yes. And, you know, people will complain about the lower levels, but I learned so much in watching four days of lower level dressage. By the time it got to the big stuff, at the you know, I kind of had an idea of what was going on, you know? And I enjoy watching the lower levels. I think it's very interesting. I don't, I don't have to just watch the, um, the Grand Prix or the freestyle. I think it's all interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think it, for us too, um, when you watch people teach lower levels, right? Um, and oh, I think yeah. Ro- Robert is 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 one of the greatest. You know, he, if you watch him teach, and you ever have the opportunity, go see him teach because again, he's incredibly positive. And and you know, he talks about you know how he got riders ready for the Olympics. And I mean, it's 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 pretty cool to think about that. And in his pipeline, um, I remember when he presented that pipeline, um, the the roadmap. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it had, most of it has been implemented already in, in USEF and in USDF. Uh, so that was pretty cool to kind of hear his thought process going around that. Um, I was probably, I, I don't know, remember time is exactly when he presented that, but I thought, wow, this is somebody that really has a thought process on, on making team riders and making a team. So he, he also really impacted dressage in the United States and, and is impacting riders, you know, like myself with funding and programs and, and that type of thing that, that were developed through, through his, his mindset as well. So, you know, truly it, it, it is a book. I, I would recommend reading it for sure. And then I, I'm going to send it probably to my husband because I think he will enjoy it as well. So Carol, any last words about the book? I would recommend it for anybody to read and they don't even really have to have much knowledge of horses or, or be involved with them because it's a, just a really good positive book and it, it was very interesting. Excellent. Well, thank you I, so much for coming on. And I appreciate when it, you know, getting chosen and getting to read it because I, when I heard it was coming out, I wanted to read it and I just hadn't gotten it yet. So I was um, very excited when um, Philip pulled my name. I was like, yes. I can read it now. <laughs> That's all Philip. You were gonna you're gonna read it anyways, but uh yeah, I would, yeah. <laughs> this probably not quite yet, but yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a little more incentive. Well, that is Philip. Philip Philip is in charge of uh getting the book to, to the auditor and making that happen. So we're we're very thankful he does it and, and we're glad you participated in the book club and we're looking forward to announcing our next one in a couple weeks. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, 
diarrhea and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight I am so happy to have back on the show an old friend of ours and friend of the show, Jody Kelly. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. We were trying to remember when we had you on last and we couldn't remember, but we always love when you stop by. And I think you have such a timely topic right now to talk about when um, a lot of people up north are are watching social media and they're seeing us down here in Wellington and in Florida. And, uh, you know, it's just it's snowing or it's, uh, you know, it's just it's a, it's a kind of a rough time of year mentally for a lot of people. And we also have our struggles down here and down in Wellington. It's not always sunshine and roses. And, you know, so you just have a really timely topic that we wanted to talk about. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, and you say that it's, it's for sure the people up in the North where it's snowing and they can't get out the shows, but honestly, it's the same thing when you're right here in Wellington and the shows are happening right down the street. And, um, the, what I just wanted to talk about is how frustrating it can be when you're somewhere between levels and how important it is to just, uh, stay patient and stay true to your training and stay honest with yourself and honest with, um, with the work you're doing. And, and that it's not the time to, when things get a little rough and, and things get a little bumpy in the training to not jump ship or change things or, or just get fr- so frustrated that you're not where you want to be. I'm in a place right now where I have, I have two super, super talented horses that I'm not, I have not lost one ounce of faith in. And I, I only am comfortable enough where I am now because I've been through this process so many times and I've been discouraged so many times that I'm finally, I kind of feel like today after my ride, I was like, I think I'm growing up finally that like, (laughs) I'm not frustrated with my horses. And my trainer said, I don't want you to be frustrated. And I was like, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm really not. But I have one horse that just rocked at the small tour last year. He was in the top three in the CDIs at every show last year. He was amazing. Every time we went down centerline, it was great. It was like what everybody dreams their Wellington season is. is. And that's what they come here for. And then just one year later, I've hung up my spurs with the small tour. We're pushing onto the Grand Prix. And he just, he's so ready for everything, but he can't quite get his legs untangled for the ones yet. And we're just, we're going to just sit tight. You know, I don't want to put him in a situation that he can't handle in the show ring yet. So I'm down here in Wellington. The shows are literally going on across the street from me. And there's a good chance I'm not going to show yet this year, Um, you know, eventually, but probably not going to make it for this season. Maybe if everything clicks. But at the moment, I have no show plans. And so many people have asked me, what's your show schedule? What's your show schedule? You know, I'm down here in Wellington. It seems like everybody should have a show schedule. And everybody's posting the the success they're having. And they can't, they're so happy to be back at Global. And, and I'm looking at my memories from last year. And we go to the shows. And I'm like, oh. But, but I think it's so important when you get in that place that, that you don't think, oh, I'm behind the eight ball. Or I need to put more pressure on my horse because it's show season. So everything needs to happen right now. And then 
and change something or think, oh, I must not have the right trainer because it's not working. It's not working immediately and I'm not ready for the first show of the season. I think it's so important that people realize we all go through that and that it's that's really the time to put your nose to the grindstone and stay true to stay true to your training and stay honest with it. And then, cause I, I not only have that with my horse that's just coming into the Grand Prix, but then I have a young horse who he's just a coming six-year-old and I'm in the same place with both horses right now, just coincidentally last year, he showed first level cruised around. He was in the mid seventies, the whole season. He had the most glorious baby first level season and was absolutely amazing. And he won all kinds of blue ribbons and life was wonderful. My small tour horse was great. My baby horse won everything. And now he's trying to learn how to do a flying change. And he, uh, he's in that place where like some days I asked for a change and like today he did one for an eight, but yesterday he had no idea what I was talking about. And then somewhere along the way, he'll pop out one that's amazing again. Um, and so I'm just going to also let him sit tight. We, you know, we talked about doing the six-year-old test, which we might eventually, if again, if that quarter drops and he understands it all finally. But again, with him, I also have no show plans and no show schedule because we're just waiting. I don't want to put him in the show ring in a situation that he's just not quite ready for, because I know he's going to be, I know he's going to get it. I have faith in the system. I have faith in my process and, um, and I know he'll catch on and he'll get it and he's going to be fine. But they all learn in their own time, you know, and it doesn't mean we're backing off and just, you know, twiddling my thumbs, hoping he learns a flying change by osmosis. We're certainly working hard and training. Um, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to sit home at your own farm, even being down in here in Wellington, being up where it's snowing, wherever you are and not think, Oh, look at them. Look at them doing that. What am I doing wrong? You know? And, um, and I've had years with it. I was in this same place with my horses that, that I thought that I'm like, okay, I'm not doing something right. Cause he didn't go straight from the small tour last year to being doing, being able to do the Grand Prix this year. But I've, I've been through the process now with enough horses that, that I trust it and I stay true to it. And you know what, if I miss the show season in Wellington during these few months, then we'll catch the shows at home in the spring, you know, but I'm not going to bring them out until they're ready and they're comfortable to, to show at the level that we're training for, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. I, and I think it's so important to to see that because, you know, I think you and I, uh, we've known each other a long time and we've seen each other through yeah. thick and thin and, and success. And, you know, I, I was, we stabled together last year at the CDI and I was so excited for you. And, um, yeah. you know, it's so fun to see. I think one of the things that I, I have learned over the years is to really celebrate when things go well, because yeah. It is a process and there's going to be a time when it doesn't go well. And, and, and that is what it is. And when you have friends, you, you laugh and smile and celebrate with them and you cry when it's hard. And, and that is the hardest part of what we do. And, you know, sometimes trainers, it's not easier. You just have more horses. So, you know, you can, one goes down, you know, you've got a barn of seven, you know, it's, and and, and I have this same thing, you know, I, I, it's not always perfect. Right. And, and, you know, I, I agree with what you said with social media, right. Um, I think it's just always a good reminder that everything that goes up there is a pretty tailored message. And I I think it is hard to watch that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also important to, to realize that, that when you're, that the training process 
that just because you're not ready to show and you're not ready to be out there, it also doesn't mean that it's going bad either. Like I wouldn't right. say that either one of the horses are in a bad place. Nothing's gone wrong with them. They just are in this, this step between the two steps, you know, yeah. where we're just getting there and that it's, you don't put the pressure on yourself. You don't put your, the pressure on your horse that, oh, he's six years old. He needs to be doing a flying change by January 1st. And he needs to be doing this by this, you know, that it's like, no, we're, we're okay. Like, this is okay. Even, even though last year we were, we were in the limelight and winning all kinds of ribbons and it was fun that it's okay that I'm back here in the woods <laughs> doing yeah. everything all by myself, you know, and it's, and it, it's so easy to be like, oh, you know, and, and think you're doing it wrong or think you're not getting where you want to be. But like, but to have faith and have faith in yourself and faith in your training and faith in your horses that just because you're not in the show ring, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that something's something's wrong or you're doing it wrong. You know, Right. right. They will teach you patience. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, they will. And absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and also, is. I mean, Jody, you know be honest i think this was just a little bit of poor planning on your part you you you, you have the two horses in the exact most difficult places well, exactly right I, I thinking <laughs> that today like it's just one of those things like because like when you what you just said reese like you know it's easier when you have multiple horses and i was like i do and that was kind of my thing it's like it's nice to have them and i have their ages staggered like thinking okay well one's between <laughs> the steps and the next one and they both just happen which you would think one would just go from first level to second level and he's just he's booming along so he's really ready for the third level stuff and so then here i am and i was like truly how did that happen because that was yeah. the plan like one could take a little time off showing and train well the next one would show at whatever level they were ready for. And then all of a sudden, neither one of them were ready for a level. And here I am in Wellington. And I'm like, ah, really? So uh, yeah, here I am. But so. it's so true. It, it happens so much. And, and I saw a lot online, you know, we're, we're jealous of everyone that's in Florida. They get to ride, you know, we're up North, it's cold. And I wanted to say, I listen, you know, sometimes, and I, and I think I just wanted to say it just cause it was on my mind it's also okay to, to take a couple weeks off in the winter, um, mm -hmm. and, and let your horses rest. We used to do that yeah. all the time. You know, well, like I, just try to, I try to find different things to do with them, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah. I mean, for instance, Wednesday was kind of just a, a lunging Cavaletti day where I can put them mm -hmm. over poles because there is not no yeah. pressure to, you know, to go and show the next week. So I'm just like, Oh, let's do something different and fun and, you know, whatever. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, we had, we had a short day. Yeah, no, you need to do that. And I think it's so good for the horses' minds and the bodies. You know, you talked about it for there, for now in the snow for you guys, but I actually, being from Florida all year round, I do that mm -hmm. in August for my horses. Yep. One of my yep. horses. And it started uh, several years ago. I started that in August that I had one of them that he, he just, I don't even remember. I think he maybe was tr having trouble with the heat or something. And I, and I backed him off for a month. Like I gave him the month off. Like I tack walked him, played with him. Did, you know, I just had fun days, but he didn't step foot in the dressage ring for a whole month. And he came back in the fall, better, stronger, more ready to work. And I thought, Hey, and so mm -hmm. I do that every year now with horses that don't struggle with the heat that don't die. And I schedule yeah. it and I train them down a little bit leading to it. And so for, for one week down, I train them down. And then for two weeks, they don't step foot in the dressage arena. They don't do yep. one thing except I tack walk. I keep them moving. I, they tack walk, they yeah. play. Yeah. I jump my horses a little bit. I go for a little gallops. And then for one week afterwards, I build them a little bit back up and train them a little bit back up. And every one of them 
come back happier and yeah. stronger and more ready yeah. for the fall. So I think you easily can reverse that into Yeah, the, I do that too. No, I do. Yeah. I do July. Um, you know, and, I, and it's always time my family goes on a week holiday. You know, I, we take a little vacation, yeah. and and I don't yeah. feel guilty. The same thing. The horses, they, you know, they. I, I agree. I I'm not a big one to let them stand or just turn them out. Um, a lot yeah, of my horses so. just don't do well with that. Um, yeah. but it's hot and also in Kentucky. So, uh, so don't think that the horses that are south don't get that same kind of rest because right. they do. Yep. You have to. They yep. cannot go. Yep. You know, through three sixty. Right. And and nope. when I lived in Kentucky, um, you know, my mom is an old horsewoman, and and we would pull their shoes in January, and we would give them time off. So they yep. they do need some level at some point of the year, and in, in my opinion, and, and it sounds like yours too, Jody, where they need a little time. Yep. It's just hard to watch when older and yeah. old horsewoman. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really, um, really, yeah, exactly. She'll, she'll hate that, but uh, hopefully she doesn't listen to that part of the show. Um, but anyways, but it's true, right? I mean, it's very true to, uh, do that. I think it's important for people to, to adjust that town time with what works for them. You know, shows at this point, shows are all the time. There's always shows available. You always can, you know, get yourself ready. If you live up north, then then you take a little bit of time off in the winter. But you guys have they have shows. You know, that go through the summer. For us down here, the it's really hot. We don't show so much in July and August, but we, there's shows in the winter time. You know, I think it's important that you adjust it to your own life schedule, whatever works the best, whatever works the best for you, and then not not be hard on yourself because you're having downtime for whatever reason because of the weather, because of family stuff, because of you know, it doesn't matter but you're having downtime and somebody else is in the show ring posting pictures of their scores and their blue ribbons. And then you think, Oh, I'm behind. You know, I think it's so important that everybody progresses at their own pace and just stays true to the system and stays honest with their horse and doesn't, doesn't just think, Oh, now, you know, now we have to, we have to keep up with, you know, whoever and be in the show ring by X date and whatever. It's just, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget that. I mean, yeah, it's easy to, to forget that you can go at your own pace. I think even more so with social media now, because of yeah. course nobody posts the pictures of them standing around and nobody posts the videos of me doing 9,000 lines of ones, trying to get great and straighten his leg. You know, no, we're not posting that. 15. Yeah. You know, I mean, who, nobody does that. The 900 times that I asked my baby horse to do a single change and he's like, what? I don't post that, but when he clocks off that eight, I'm going to post it and be like, look what he can do. And not tell him <laughs> he didn't do it yesterday and he probably won't do it tomorrow, you know? So, but that's the stuff that nobody talks about that makes you feel so terrible. I think if, if you let it get to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I so appreciate you coming on and, and giving people this message because, you know, we have three professional riders here who are feeling that way. Um, if, if we are, then, you know, we know that our clients are and that, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, we all want to just level up each year, right? That that's, yeah, that's the yeah, way we've exactly. kind of been yeah. trained to think, but, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, if we're honest, we, you, you really can't do that with no, very no. many horses or, you know, eventually, you know, you'll hit that stumbling block and whatever, and you're yeah. going to have to go back to, to the very basics. I'm sure you're doing a lot of, uh, simple changes again and, you know, that kind yeah. of thing, you know, to yeah. really yeah. continue. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because that's what it takes. You got to go. You got to go backwards two strides just to get forward to the next step. Yeah. You know, and, and yep. that kind of thing. And that's yeah. that's training. I mean, at at uh, well, maybe like you said, I you know, um, by the time maybe uh, we reach sixty or seventy years old, we'll we'll have enough patience to train a horse. But uh, you know, it's always yeah. you know, it's always ambitious people putting putting their ambitions. Um, right. goals on, on, on their horses and the horses don't understand. They just, you know, they want to, yeah. they're good and they want to please and whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, all the time I have to just think, okay, calm down, you know, let's just, yeah. let's yep. just take our time. That's how to get Fine. there faster, right? Fine. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. That was actually, we, Anne said that today in my lesson and she was like, there's no shortcuts here. We just, he yeah. just needs the time huge and he used to untangle his legs and and that was the same thing she, we were just talking about that you know she's like if you take a shortcut now it's going to come back to get you later so there's no point there's there's no shortcuts and then you end up going the long way around if you try the shortcut you know? so it's just yeah. it's just timing and and like i said like i finally like today was uh, ann was in town and i ride with ann gribbons and she was in town and we had a, did lessons on both of my boys and and they did like they struggled a little bit. They finally got something, you know, but it wasn't like, it's nice when every lesson too is like, Oh, look at that. We clocked off 15 months today. It's all perfect. Well, that's, that doesn't happen. We yeah, struggled yeah. And we, got, we got it. We got it to a really good positive place for him. And it's like, okay, that's enough for today. So like, it's the same thing. Like every lesson doesn't have to be this big breakthrough. All of a sudden it's perfect, you know? And, and she was saying that and about like that she don't be frustrated. I've been doing this. And, and it was the, one of the first times, like with both horses, like I wasn't frustrated. It's frustrating. Like that. I'm not in the show ring. Like I want to be there and doing all those things, but I wasn't frustrated with my horses at all. And, and I felt like that was, it was it's crazy <laughs> as long as I've been doing this, but it was like a big, like grown up moment for me. I was like, look at that. Like we worked through these and, and I wasn't frustrated at all with where I am. Like that just, it was a good training day, but it, it yeah. I can where it can be and it certainly has been frustrating in the past where yeah. you're just not sure of of where it's really going to go and you know you hope it's going to go that way but you don't always know it is you know yeah well girl we cannot just- wait to have you back on and hear in a couple months that you have got it you're back <laughs> in the show you can clock out your ones i'm going to especially cheer when i see you do yes. it because it's going to be so exciting and yes, yes. and it is going Trust me, it's going to be the most exciting day for me too. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to hear you. I'm going to hear That's you hollering fantastic. in excitement. Yes. Um, yes. But you know, it really, thank you for coming on and sharing. I mean, this is this is real life. This is training. Uh, this really. is what really happens behind the Facebook scene um, and yeah. and behind Instagram. Like this is what we go through every day. And you know. Um, you know, it is, it is hard watching us down here, but it, Jody and I, we've been here a long time. We can tell you the struggles of, of coming down here. Sometimes it's not always as sunshine and rosy yeah. as it looks. And it, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah. thank you, Jody, for coming on. And, and if our listeners want to find you online, how do they do that? I'm on Facebook, Jody Kelly or Jody Kelly dressage. I have both of those. And then, um, I actually have a new website. It's Jody Kelly dressage dot us, oddly Ooh. enough, but but yeah, dot us. <laughs> I love it. Well, can't wait to see it. I've got to see the new website as well. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Keeping our horses happy and healthy is paramount to horse owners everywhere. Since our horses are often a reflection of the environment we create for them, the Stall and Stable Show covers ideas that help us create the best home we can. From innovations in barn design to business best practices and lifestyle segments, 
there's a new episode every two weeks at stallandstable.com, Horse Radio Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Wendy Murdoch back on our show. We we're just laughing because Paul, our producer, said it's chaos as always when you guys get together. And we just love it. We laugh and we have to start the tape. So, Wendy, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. I know we, we get going before the tape rolls and we're laughing so hard. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we got to get serious. Oh, yeah, we actually have to get going. Paul, Paul's like, come on, kids, let's get this on the tape. I love it because we always love it when you stop by and you just have infectious energy and it just it keeps us keeps us all going as well. So, Wendy, what have you been up to? Because you're always you're always up to so much. I don't I, I, I don't have the energy. I don't know how you do it. I don't either. I don't either. But you know, it's winter time, so I feel like I'm slowed down a bit. Because here in Virginia, we have you know two inches of snow crusted with ice, and it's 28 degrees going down. And fortunately, we didn't get the snow on top of the rain that they gave last night. But but anyway, it's a great time for me to kind of like huddle at home and get caught up on things. And you know, I'm working on the the workbook for Surefoot. I, I, we're in layout stage. I'm so excited about this. And, you know, it, my layout guy, he keeps making tweaks to design because he loves to design. So we'll get it. We'll get it there. <laughs> we'll get it. <laughs> I got to like rein him in. But uh, yeah, so I've been doing that. And then, you know, um, we were just talking before we got started about um, I'm now, I've gone up to the Nova Equestrian Center, which is in Aldi, Virginia, and it's Dr. J. Joyce, and they have opened up a, a fitness center for horses. And I think this makes so much sense. And the reason, of course, I went up there is they're interested in incorporating Surefoot. But, you know, I mean, it's really better to be preventative and, and make sure the horse is fit and healthy and everything's right beforehand so you don't have an injury and you don't need to go to rehab because rehab's, you know... Just, just face it. If you've ever injured yourself, rehab is a long, slow process, and it, and sometimes you can't move a lot. And so, you know, if we could avoid these kinds of things and do preventative care, then you know, and that it would just make so much more sense, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because as you know, I was growing up and and. I'll even quote him. It was Mr. Schumacher, Conrad Schumacher, a very, very famous trainer. He used to say, you know, Reese, when when I was growing up, we didn't have the chiropractor and the, yeah, you know, the massage therapist. He's like, we had to do everything through riding and proper riding. And you know, when you when you hear that, of course, that is true. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, some there's level so much of truth, truth to that, right? There's yes. so much truth to that. And, and this is where, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of keep the traditions and bring in the new technology yes. stuff. Don't throw one out for the other, you know, that tried and true. If you ride your horse correctly, it's certainly going to avoid a lot of the problems. And of course, you know, horses are horses and they go out in the field and they do something really dumb. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So we all know that horses are horses. And, and so it's always a crapshoot, but at the same time, it's like, Let's keep that idea. You still need good training and good riding and, and all that sort of stuff. But let's see how we can help these athletes because really what we're looking at, the level of performance horses are performing at today and, and the kind of demands that we have on them. And, you know, things have changed. And so why not utilize the, the new technology, which is this whole place is evidence-based. It's awesome. And they have um, the water treadmill and they, you know, and they have different things and they want to incorporate Surefoot because Surefoot helps bring in balance. And 
You know, when I went up and did the demo, it was so interesting because there was this one horse. And, of course, he was the fooling around horse while I'm working with another one. He's, you know, banging on the doors. And I said, well, let's let's work with him. So we brought him out into the aisle, and I looked at how he was standing. I was like, does he always stand like this? Because every leg was in a different spot. And they're like, yeah, you know, and then he, he, he fools around. And I was like, okay, so let's do some surefoot. And literally in five minutes, this horse was standing more square, and his behavior changed. And I think that that's, you know, I listened to something Linda Tellington Jones said the other day. Uh, There's a clip of her on Facebook, and I just happened to turn it on and listen to it. And it's what we have to recognize is that so much of the behaviors that we're dealing with stem from physical balance. And when we put the body into better balance, whether that's through training, through sure foot, through correct shoeing, through removing pain, you know, all of those modalities, then we get horses that are so much more grounded and secure and able to deal with their, you know, situations and not overreact and that sort of thing. And, you know, I just keep seeing this from so many different places and certainly from my experience with Surefoot, how important bringing in balance is so, is so critical to preventing injuries, improving fitness, being able to do the tasks that you want, being able to be symmetrical and going left and right evenly, being able to do the lateral movements and the flying changes. It's all about balance, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, you know, basically what we're doing with dressage riding and, and for sure, correct riding there, you know, there's no substitute for it. But on the other hand, you know, a horse's who maybe back in the day were deemed unrideable or unrehabable, you know, whether it's from an injury or, or whether, oh, that horse is, is just, you know, he's lame. Well, why is he lame? We, we don't know. We can't figure it out. Well, now we have so much more tools. diagnostic tools. Yeah. yeah. So tools to diagnose a problem um, have come a long way. And then tools to fix those problems, you know, uh, have come a long way. And then tools to understand that, you know, our sport should be incorporating every kind of horse, you know. Yeah. So so as a trainer, somebody bring you know, brings me a horse and says, Oh, you know, he just he won't do a flying change. And I said, Oh, well, you know, you look at the training and you look at the riding and you know, you go th- you go along in a few months and then you say, How are there some other tools, for example, the surefoot um pads, in which we could help this horse to to figure himself out faster or to you know, to be easier. I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to incorporate all of these things that weren't available to, you know, to the trainers of the past? Absolutely. And that's that whole di- idea of honor the past and accept, you know, bring in the future and combine it and use what's appropriate for each horse, right? You're not going to do everything with every horse. You're going to pick the modality that's the best for that horse and recognize his capabilities or his limitations and train to improve those. I mean, it's, it's really just embracing. And that's the the whole thing is the team, right? You need a good team. You need a good farrier, a good vet, a good body worker, a good trainer, a good rider, a good saddle. And so this is where this, this week coming, I'm going to Hoof Summit down in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we love going there because we're, we're talking to all these farriers. Um, and, and just as a matter of fact, we got a phone call yesterday from Jeff Stubblefield, who is a 45, it's probably 48-year master farrier who's in Tennessee, and he shoots for all the top, you know, artists, the musicians, all their horses and everything. And he called me up two years ago, and he called me up the other day and said, you know, your surefoot pad is what lets me work on some of these really sore horses, these horses that have, you know, some arthritis or some difficulties. And he just, you know, has been using it 
I think he's worn his pad out because he's had it for like five years, but he's been using it and it's, and it's helped him help horses. And that's so much of what Surefoot's about is helping in the farrier world, helping farriers help horses. Because if the horse is uncomfortable, it's so much more difficult. And the farrier can't say, look, I'm just going to keep your foot off the ground for a little while while I do this, but I know you have to stand on the sore foot. You know, it's like, why not make the sore foot comfortable so that he's more willing to stand and then everybody's safer. It's just another piece of the puzzle. It's great. No, I hundred percent agree. You know, and as I gotten older as a horsewoman uh, or more mature, however you want to say it, the more I'm open, you know, and the more I'm like, yeah, let's see, that could really help this horse. Or, you know, I never even thought about it. Like for example, the surefoot made a huge difference in big Mike. I had never had a horse with such proprioception <laughs> issues. Never. I don't know if I'll ever have one again, but you know, to be able to have a tool that I could help him because it was a real issue for that horse. It's, it still yeah. can be sometimes something he's nervous about, but so much better than it used to be when he was a kiddo. So, you know, I think being open to things and, and, you know, helping that horse, like you said, for the blacksmith, that can only improve everybody. So I love it. And, and I think that that is such a part of horsemanship and learning, um, new things. And I think that's why, you know, we're all here. I mean, we listen to the podcast and, and, and Wendy, you've also, you have a great program as well with your webinars. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. We're, we're still going, we're doing about two a week now. Um, and of course, they're all posted up on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. But, you know, we keep finding really interesting people to talk to and we have some guests coming back. We just had um, Yogi Sharp, the equine documentalist, and he talked about hoof mapping. And, you know, this is sometimes you don't realize what's out there. And that's the whole point of the webinars is to find these people who are out there and just bring them into the light, if you will, and and shine some more light on them so people can find out that that we are changing as an industry. We are growing and improving and bringing in, you know, more evidence base and more technology and more different ideas. And that diversity only enriches our community. It only makes us better. It's when we kind of stick our head in the, in the traditional bucket and go, I'm not going to look at anything else that, you know, that's to the detriment of our horses. And what we need to do is do everything we can and find the things that are going to help our horses because we're, we're their spokesperson. You know, we have to stand up for them and, and when we get too too locked into one idea, it's not helping them, right? It's we all have to be able to be willing to look out into the world and see what other things are out there that can help our horses. I love it. I love it. Well, Wendy, tell everybody how can they find you online and find all your information because you are a wealth of information. <laughs> Truly, you have such amazing, and you have really taught me even in with all your products, with the lookup glasses, the Franklin balls. Like you have really opened my eyes to to. There's a lot of different methods, and it may not work for everybody, but man, it could really that's help okay. some people. So yeah, you I know, it's it. worth a try, right? I mean, that's the thing is, I, I'm never going to say that all the tools that I have are for everybody, but I am. I'm going to say that it might help you a little bit. And that little bit might be that 1%. That's all you need to really make it a difference. Right. So you hundred percent. Yep. You can find all of my stuff on the Murdoch method website and all the Surefoot stuff on the Surefoot equine website. And of course on Facebook, both Surefoot equine and Murdoch method and our fans page, our fans of Surefoot page is great because if you have a question, like somebody just posted a question and the fans are that are on the community are so fabulous because they chime in. We've got vets and farriers and and um, horse professionals and, you know, I mean, all different walks of life and they'll chime in and, and help people out. And so it's really great. 
And, um, you know, I just love the fact that we have such a wonderful community of people and, um, you know, we're helping more horses every day. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. We always love having you on. Thanks. And I look forward to talking to you again next month. It's kind of a bright spot in my month. (laughs) For us too. For us too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks. Bye. Well, Phil, as always, we love to talk about the Total Saddle Fit products because they're so versatile. And we were laughing because this has been a show about sort of north and south and freezing and sweating. And the the stretch tech shoulder relief girth is amazing because right now I've got all the neoprene, everything on it because here in Florida, everything molds. And, you know, again, we know I hose girths, but <laughs> I, I need to hose them. I mean, everything is so sweaty and so... Yes. Yeah, you don't feel you don't feel bad about uh, hosing no. a neoprene girth because basically that's that's you know it, it that's what it's for. I mean, right? Exactly. It's for me in Florida. It's perfect. <laughs> and um, me up north, that we're using our fleece liners and trying to save the horses from from their rub marks. You know, when when you clip them, then the hair is very short and they tend to have rubs very easily, but. You know, uh, the fleece liners for the girths just prevent that. And um, they're awesome and they're sturdy and they're durable. You know, we can't hose them, no. obviously, <laughs> but uh, you can you could just take them off and throw them in the throw them in the washing machine. And and, and that's that's a pretty great thing to be able to do. hundred percent. Well, very cool. Well, as always, we love the products from Total Saddle Fit, totalsaddlefit.com. And Justin and his team will take really good care of you. So we hope you enjoy all the products. And for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, Phil, we've got Tony Sandoval on. Um, we're all trying to work on nutrition. It's the beginning of the year, but I, it's a it's a year-long process for me. Uh, but I think you're going to really enjoy this tip from Tony. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for tonight's show, I asked Coach Tony Sandoval to come back on and talk to us a little bit about healthy eating, nutrition. I'd like to say I'm asking for a friend, but I'm really asking for myself. Uh, Tony, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. We're really excited to have you, and and I I wanted you to come on for another segment this month because uh, I think this is a question that all riders have. I think all people have um, is you know we all have the best intentions to eat healthy, uh, but let's be real. We finish work, we're in our car, we're going to the barn, and our healthy options, or maybe we don't eat. So when we get home, that bag of chips that's sitting on the counter is the quickest thing to grab. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some healthy eating options. Uh, So I'm just going to turn it over to you and have you get started for us. Right on. Yeah. You know, when I'm just working with a lot of people, you start to get a lot of uh, experience just with different situations because everybody's scenario is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a little bit of a sacrifice to make some better choices. And it's, I think what people just really need are, what are those choices? They need a little bit of information to see what can be, for the most part, time efficient and, and taste good. Because I can give you these cool <laughs> recipes, but hmm. if you don't like them and, uh, you know, you just, it, it's too uh, time consuming to make them, then probably it's not going to happen, right? So what yeah. I've learned is to give, is to give uh, the people that I work with 
simple things. And if I start off, like say, for example, breakfast. Breakfast, depending on if you're a trainer or if you're catching, you know, a lesson in the morning can be, can be skipped because for all these reasons, as far as waking up and being stressed out and not being, I get that a lot and I'm not hungry in the morning because you wake up and you have, you're, you're already on level 10 of stress mode. So there's no, that's for another conversation, but having breakfast, you got to remember, it's not only just for you, because it's not just about you when you ride, it's about your teammate and you having the cognitive ability to ride and be very sharp when you do. And the brain does not function on fat and it does not function very well on protein. The brain likes to use glucose, sugar, carbs. So when people that are doing a low carb diet, what they fail to understand is that's great for fat loss. I'm not saying it's not, but if you're riding a horse, now we're talking about a different tool. Does that make sense? Yeah. Athletes have to think a little different than the person that's not riding uh, and and have to learn how to communicate and have positive energy with their horse. So I always like to say if worst case scenario, old school, oldie but goodie banana, because it's going to give you some good energy that you can use. Uh, now, for me, uh, my staple is always having some type of protein. So I think a, a to-go protein that you can put in the, uh, with or use with your banana would be Greek yogurt. Uh, one of my favorites is Fage because it, it yields a lot of protein. I think it's 18 grams per serving. So what I would do is I have my protein with the Fage, and then I would cut up this banana and throw it in there. Um, and then off I go on the road, and I'm having some good carbs and that are going to be very well it'll digest very easily and then i have my protein so those things those two examples work great in the morning and they're very good on the stomach meaning it's not going to sit too heavy because that's another thing well i'll be too full well yeah if you stop by a fast food place and you have a gut bomb biscuit (laughs) anything of course it's going to feel horrible but we're talking uh, about having horse shows. Yeah, we've horse all done shows it. Is hey, the worst. I only can talk about it. I only can talk about it because I've done it, you know, and you feel <laughs> sleepy and, and not at your best. But when you eat things that are very easily digestible, you get the energy you want and you're ready to roll. The big help with that, that I give all the trainers that I help is going to be having good snacks and lunches while you're out there. Uh, for sure, cheese is the number one, I think, option for a lot of people that they want because it's very easy to eat and it's because of the dairy. And some cheeses can carry a little bit of protein. It, it fills them up longer. Fat and protein are the two macronutrients that yield a lot of satisfaction or satiety. So it keeps you fuller longer. But I would also say throughout the day, if you got a lot of work and, you know, you're on horse number five out of 15, fat is going to be something that is going to burn. It's not going to give you the energy that you need to be um, at your sharpest. So what I also recommend people is to have some form of fruit. If if you're out on the field and you want to carry something that is not going to smush or get like uh, dense, then dried fruit is a good option. Dried fruit, although can be have added sugars and what have you, you want to pick something that is all natural. That way you can make sure that if you're eating literally a dry fruit and not all these other cool things that taste great, but are not really the best for you. Um, I also have people make 
their own snacks like protein bars. When you think, think about a protein bar, there's so many companies and so many affiliates that push all types of protein bars. I wouldn't say that, you know, there's some um, bad ones because bad is just my perspective. I think they all intend to do good things and, and you can, you know, kind of like pick at every single ingredient that's on there. But for the most part, I think a protein uh, bar that you enjoy eating um, and that makes you feel good, that's the one that's going to be the best for you. Because if, again, taste is going to be a big driving force for you to be consistent with it. If you love your protein bar, awesome. Then you'll have it all the time. If you don't, uh, you're probably going to miss that bar. So I personally like uh, uh, eating RX bars if I'm going to buy something because it's, they only have a few ingredients. Um, and I like the way they taste, pretty, uh, pretty simply put. Uh, and then the next one would be Kind Bars, K-I-N-D. Um, and those are more like, uh, I need a cool snack. Uh, it's not really going to fill a lot of people up. They're not very big, but I enjoy sometimes eating them, you know, and, and I know that I'm going to have a meal here pretty soon. But those are my two favorites. But again, it, there's so many out there. You can try them all out and see which ones you like. I would try to pick the ones that have the most protein. Protein should be the base of all of your snacks because protein is going to give you the opportunity to, to preserve a lot of muscle when you have these long periods of time that you're not eating and it keeps you fuller longer. So you're not really rushing towards bad sugars like, oh, let me get the chips and let me get all the other snacks that are very popular amongst the barn people. Uh, so having a higher amount of protein in your bar is going to help you. Uh, my, I would also, uh, ask you to look into having homemade protein bars. If you YouTube homemade protein bars, there's thousands of videos that are, that are pretty easy to follow. If you follow the ones that have like four ingredients and, and, uh, have a no bake recipe, those are really cool because it's pretty much protein powder, um, uh, and some other ingredients in there. I can't think of the top of my head, but you make some pretty cool protein bars that you can carry around. So that is a fan favorite protein bars. Again, very easy. You can have a couple and carry them in your pockets uh, or in whatever little bag you have in your jacket. And they're very, you know, they're very obtainable. Um, and for a lunch, that's pretty easy. Uh, I always ask riders if they like, like cold cuts, something very fast that they can roll up, almost like anything that you can roll up, whether it be some type of we'll say like spinach base, or there's all types of tortillas that, that riders like to you know, incorporate into their lunch. And they just roll up some type of like boar's head or premium lunch meat. And they'll throw in there like some veggies or have a veggie roll and they'll throw some meat in there and maybe a little bit of cheese. And off they go. They'll have like a, a protein roll up uh, for lack of a better term there. And off they go. Now they also incorporate some fruit in there because if they're having just veggies, you need some carbohydrates. Carbs are your friends if you learn how to use them properly, but they're so easy to, to, to carry around and they last for a, you know throughout the day. Now, I wouldn't say you're going to eat them the day later because then you're going to probably figure out that they don't stay fresh, but throughout the days, you'll be just fine just to have you know some sandwiches, some, something that you can roll up in, in, in the lunch meat, like, like I said, cheese, and, and you can eat them very quick. So if you don't have to sit down and really take your time. It's just a grab and go. For lunch, you can have a lot more options because you have time. But for, for the two meals and snacks um, that I always get asked about is that, what do I have for breakfast? 
And then what can I do for lunch? Another oldie but goodie, and that's a smoothie where you can just in the morning throw in your protein powder and then uh, you can throw in a Greek yogurt if you wanted to do some more protein in there. And what I use is just a little bit of water, uh, spinach, kale, strawberries, bananas, and almond butter or any type of all-natural peanut butter. You won't even taste the green veggies if you're like, oh, God, I'm not good with my veggies. You don't taste them. <laughs> and it has, it has fiber in it, so it's going to be good for you. And the protein will keep you at least full for, for the majority of the morning. And off you go. You can drink it on the way to the barn. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I think that's, that's fantastic. I love it. And how about, you know, we, we talked a little bit about lunch, but what about snack time? Like if you're driving to the barn after work, you're super hungry. Like what's it? Uh, the protein bars sound amazing. Some dried fruit. Is there anything else that somebody could throw in their bag? You know, again, I think when you're, when you're talking about just trying to get home and, and snacking on something, you can always also grab things like trail mixes. Uh, trail mixes are good fats because if you have them with cashews, almonds, walnuts, those are awesome. You just got to watch out when you have the really fun ones that have uh, M&Ms in them and, and all these other ones, you know. Oh, I would never know about that trail mix. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what trail mix that would a, be. Yeah, it can get away from you really fast, <laughs> you know, to, to make sure that you that you pick something that is, uh, for the most part, going to be on the healthier side. But for me, again, you can't go wrong with fruits. You can't go wrong with prepping a little bit of fruit that's cut up and putting it in a container that you can snack on on the way home and just to hold you over. I think if we're purchasing things, um, there's a lot of chickpea products that uh, are like snacks. So they'll have like crackers or something that look like chips. There's even like veggie sticks that I will um, use sometimes with clients where they, it's a bag, it's in a bag. And it's veggies and it is that chip <laughs> crunch. So is it ideal? No, but does it keep someone in line where they can still have something that is, for the most part, good veggies? It's in a chip. That's fine. Yes, those are great options. I think we have to have a little bit of, of realistic expectations when we set up our menu for the week and, and, and understanding that it doesn't have to be all you know, black and white, that there can be some gray areas in there and we can enjoy some, some snacks that might not be like extra super healthy, but some of it is just going to be, well, this is obtainable and it's not the best, but it's definitely not the worst. I love it. I love it, Tony. Well, Tony, I think what's so great is, you know, this is real life. It's, it's so great if, you know, obviously I don't know anybody that can do it perfectly, but I think there is yeah. some level of, if you're prepped, if you're organized, which is tough, it, right. it, it's really, it's really helpful. So these were great yeah. tips, Tony. We both thank you so much. And if people want to find more about you and, and you you have so much information on your website, how can people find it? People can go to my website. That's coachsandotraining.com. Um, I try to put up as much information as I can on my Instagram, which is coachsandotraining. And with Instagram, you also see the same information on my Facebook. And that's the same, Coach Sandal Training. Fantastic. Well, Tony, thanks for these great ideas. I would like to say I was asking for a friend, but it's I was making notes for <laughs> myself as well. And uh, we look forward to more exercises next month. Yeah. And uh, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to put together a PDF that are going to have links 
to all these products that you can give to all the listeners. That way they can get an idea of what I mean of, of situations with they're at a gas station. What do I get at a gas station? And there's definitely things that you can get. So that way we make it more about being realistic and not, you know, what would be, you know, Instagram reality where it has to be completely perfect. We got to, we got to make sure that we teach people how to actually live in the real world. And when we are super busy, but we still want to have steps in the right direction as far as our, our nutrition is concerned. I love it. Well, we will put links on our Facebook page to Tony's information and also we'll put it in the show notes as well. So people can get a hold of it or you can send us an email and we'll make sure you get it. So Tony, thank you so much for getting us all on the right track for this year. And we look forward to more segments together. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, Phil, it was so fun to finish um, The Gates to Brilliance by Robert Dover, our book club of the month. We are so enjoy this program and just remember that these are actually on our website. So if you want to take a look at the books that we've done in the past, uh, we have a lot of them now. We have quite the library, don't we, Phil, um, coming on, which is really fun. So we'll have a new one coming shortly from Trafalgar Square. We'll be working on that. And uh, we also want to encourage, we've got some great emails and shout outs um, about light bulb moments but keep those coming. The vision is we want to have some light bulb moments from you guys because we like when you participate and we like hearing from you. Uh, but light bulb moments are so cool because those are the moments that resonate with you. And if it's resonating with you, it's going to resonate with listeners. It's going to help coaches that are listening, figure those out so they can train their, their students better. So Phil and I are really excited about this. So keep those emails coming. Don't be shy. Um, send them to us. Uh, you can do it via Facebook, you know, however you want to get us, but you can also get, get us by email. Mine's Reese at horseradionetwork.com. And uh, Phil is Philip at horseradionetwork.com. So keep them coming. And uh, we'll, we will use those in some future episodes. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, The Murdoch Method, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, your chins up if you're up north. We're thinking about you. Stay warm, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Mm-hmm.